Your message holds the power to impact those who need it most profoundly. Publishing your signature book is like rolling out the red carpet for your brand, simultaneously elevating your visibility, impact, and income. Learn why publishing a book sets you apart from the business and competition, establishing you as a thought leader in your industry. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to Trailblazers, who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine Coach, and founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Group. I'm dedicated to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. And whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. I'm pleased to have my guest, Melanie Hershorn, come back and tell us about her new book. She wants to help you step into the spotlight as an author. Her new book, Make a Big Impact with Your Book, is out now. So, Melanie, welcome to the show. It's so it's so nice to have you back on. Thank you, Paul. I'm so excited to be here. So, in your book, Make a Big Impact with Your Book, you said the only limit to the success of your book is willingness to market it. What do you mean by that? And how soon should we start marketing a book? It seems like you do one and then the other. Isn't that how it works? So that's a great two-parter. And I have a, I don't want to forget the first question, but I'm going to answer the second question first. Okay. So <laughs> it, it's, you know, when people get ready to write a book, to publish a book, they think it is a very linear process. You know, they think they get a list of to-dos and they check them off one by one by one. But the marketing piece does not follow the publishing. It should be done at the same time. And that allows you to grow your audience as you're writing your book, as you're in the editing phase, as you're in the publishing process. And that way, when you publish, you have a big audience that's thrilled to read the book, as opposed yeah. to starting from scratch after you've published. And so to answer the first question, second, 
And I know this is always very meta when we're talking about a book about a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the the only the really there is no limit to what you can do when you share about your book. You know, when you have a book and you let people know about it in a way that is going to resonate with the ideal reader, with the ideal audience, you can you, know, you can command higher consulting fees for your work. You can get on stages that are not available to you if you don't have a book. You can create a course based on your book right? and then sell that course. There are just so many opportunities to, to make a big impact when you market the book because a book in and of itself is a book. That's it. It's a book. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. It's your words, but it's not doing stuff. The marketing makes it do stuff for you. Yeah. And so what inspired you to do that, to write a book about helping authors marketing the book? Well, what inspired me to write this book was what I see out in the wild every single day. There is a lot of predatory behavior in the publishing industry mm. there you know the minute you write author on your linkedin profile you start getting a bazillion and that's a number emails <laughs> from unsolicited you know emails people telling you they're going to make you a star they're going to sell so many copies you're going to be rich all you have to do is pay them thirty thousand dollars and on and on it goes so i wanted to arm new authors with the tools and the strategies to really make a difference with their book. The, the stuff that actually works, not the, hey, why don't you do some Facebook and Amazon ads, but you don't have a marketing foundation. So you're just throwing good money out the window because nobody's going to buy the book because when they go and look at your, you know, at your profiles or at your website, they don't know what you're selling. So it's really helping authors lay the foundational pieces that are vital for success. Right. And on in your book on page 76 through 79, you told a story about an author who got major publicity, but poorly aligned their messaging and barely sold any books, which is related. That's why I jumped to that question. So that marketing foundation, being able to capture leads, being able to convert those leads into sales, book sales, gigs, speaking engagements, courses, all those things, those need to be thought of in advance too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, at the time, Paul, I was just sitting there kind of like a deer in headlights listening to this woman talk and knowing that I could help her and wondering why she didn't want help. And oh. I I now, now know that I was meant to meet her because she was going to be a, a story that I could tell and, <laughs> and teach others from it. Yeah. So all that to say that you can you know, the idea is, yes, leads can come to you, but they're it's like if you picture a sieve, they're going to fall right through the sieve if you don't have a foundation to, to block the holes in the sieve. Um, now, you are a, an expert in 
creating a lead machine. And so you know that when you get the lead, if there is nothing backing it up, they're not really a lead, are they? So no. it's, the, it's they're, they're, they're just <laughs> they're somebody that they're exactly a visitor. I was going to say like they're driving by and they're waving at you and they're going somewhere else. So, yeah. so this does really help with getting leads because not only do I show you how to craft messaging that will resonate, but it's then what you do with it once they show up in your community, once they arrive at your door and they're knocking on it and they're saying, hey, Paul, I really like what you have to say. What else you got? That's yeah. what the marketing foundation really does. Yeah. And I've heard stories of companies. Uh, I, I forget what the name of the company was, but there's a character on um, Seinfeld. That was that they had a publication that Elaine worked for, and 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 it was based on stories. I forget the name of that company, but when when that that went viral, and that was a real company behind it, and they sell really high end uh, dusters and men's clothes and and really cool uh, t shirts and and there's a story behind everything, and it just it's so engaging but they nearly went out of business because they could not handle the scale. Mm. So that's like the, the other extreme, but, the, but they had processes that didn't scale well, which is another reason, a, a plug for a lead machine that scales obviously. But, yeah. but yeah, uh, I, I, gosh, I wish I knew what the name of that, that uh, company was, but anyways, nonetheless. So how do you, uh, so we kind of touched on it. So how do you get to grow the business with your book? Yeah. I mean, you think of your book as the popcorn kernel, the kernel, and then you put it in the microwave, or if you're really good, you put it on the stove and it starts popping <sighs> and all these opportunities start popping. So what is in your book is the content to start from. What's content? Basically anything you create and put out on social media, put out in your emails, create in a, a free resource that you offer. So that's the starting point. Is your signature system written down in this book? One that you take maybe a one-on-one -on -one client through? What if you took that and created a course or a program? That's how you scale that, right? Because, yeah. and you talk about this all the time. It's about, you only have so much time in the day. So what if you could ha help multiple people at the same time? That's right. another way. And in terms of making more money with speaking. So I mentioned this um, earlier, but some there are some stages that will not allow speakers without books. I was talking to uh, somebody last week and she said, yeah, I'm really thinking about writing a book because... I've been turned down from speaking events that would be so perfect for me and what I do. But they said, if you don't have a book, we can't have you. And I said, that's so interesting. Huh. Tell me more. And she said, well, they said they wanted me to be able to sell it at the back of the room. They wanted to be able to buy copies so that they could hand them out to all the attendees. And they couldn't. So that's another way to make money with your book. Wow. And then there's also the higher consulting fees. Uh, you can, there, there's a story, a, a publisher told me once about how she had a client who only published 12 books. That's it. She sent them to her ideal clients and she, wow. they, yeah. And they signed with her. 
So she made lots and lots of money from publishing 12 physical copies. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's, that's, that's the thing. Leveraging that as a, uh, as, as part of your funnel, part of your lead funnel is, is the perfect way. And you've already, like you said, you've already built a course. You've already have a signature program. You can lead people. You can have a mastermind group that discusses this week. We're going to discuss chapter three. We're going to talk about granny panties. <laughs> or, now we, we probably should warn your listener that uh, yes. you didn't just pull that out of the thin air. <laughs> no, on page 49 in the book, you mentioned granny panties. And the last time you were on the show, you mentioned that too. And I yeah. laughed and, and explains, uh, tell us, tell us the story. Sure. Well, I, I say that for shock value only because it's memorable and what it's trying to get you to remember is really not exciting. So I say that book marketing, that in book marketing, consistency mm -hmm. is like granny panties because it works. You put it on, it does the job, but it's not sexy. So right. it's not something, you know, when people are like, ooh, marketing, it's so shiny and, and fun. And then they're like, what do you mean I have to post on Instagram every day? That's not exciting. So, <laughs> but the truth is, that those who are consistent, those who keep showing up for their audience, those are the people who who reap the rewards. Yeah, yeah. I, I laughed the first time I heard it. But not the second time. <laughs> no. I said, oh, she 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 got that in the book. That was yeah, pretty funny. Did. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of messaging tips, tips the scales for selling books and brand visibility and getting clients? Okay, so let's just start by saying you cannot... You will not, unless you are J.K. Rowling or Stephen King, you're not going to get rich on book sales. So yeah. let's just say that out loud, get it out of the way. So in terms of messaging, what your ideal reader wants to hear from you is what you want to be saying to them. And it's not always obvious mm -hmm. because we come into business and we think, well, they just want to hear this because that's what I would want to hear. But guess what? You may not be your ideal client, <laughs> your ideal reader. And chances are you're not whatever it is that you are writing about, because even if you once were, you aren't anymore because now you yeah. are the expert right. helping people who are not quite as far along in life as you are or in business as you are. So how do you know what to say? Right. Yeah. I always say, ask, research, you know, go on Facebook into a group where your ideal client's kind of hanging out and do a search for certain words, type in the word help and see what people are asking for help on and use oh, their words. Tip. I have a file with words from every sales call I've ever conducted. And all the file says is words like, overwhelmed <laughs> because yeah. I'm remembering what are the words that people are saying to me. That's another thing you can do. Any sales call you, you hold, take a note of the pain points that people are, are using the words that they're saying, things that are upsetting them. My number one is overwhelmed. Um, other people say that they, um, they, they just don't 
they want to get their ducks in a row, you know, so that you'll start to see patterns. So that's another way to know what the messaging can be. And then also tell stories. Because even if you're not using their exact words, if you share a story, that's going to resonate with them way yeah. more than if you're just giving them, you know, a, a to-do list or a how-to list. So stories are what people remember and recite. I mean, I've already told you stories about, I told you a story that I heard from somebody else it's just to, because I remember that, because it's a great way to illustrate your point without actually telling people it's kind of showing people if that makes sense yeah yeah and and you've got a lot of stories in your book and they're and they're they're very interesting uh you told me on the last time you were on you told me a show about uh or a story about you had opened your garage door and you and you saw this animal that was kind of scary do you remember the animal i'm attesting you now no um, <laughs> it, was, it was a it seemed like Bobalina. it was an armadillo it was a no, javelina. javelina. <laughs> yes. I was going to say armadillo, but that was close, but <laughs> not even close. Not even close. No. no. But no. yeah, I, there's a lot of things that happen when I open my garage door. One time <laughs> I opened my garage door when my son was three years old and I walked back to shut and lock the door and I looked and he was hanging from the garage door at the top. He'd ridden the entire thing up to the top and he was <laughs> screaming. Lots of things happen in the garage. <laughs> No, you told a story on Facebook the other day about um, when you were asked to speak and you were like weren't a speaker yet, mm -hmm. and and you told other people's stories. Mm -hmm. I love other people's stories because I get to hide behind them. Yeah, that's why I'm a drummer. <laughs> I get to hide behind the drum set. Exactly. <laughs> so, so how do you teach introverts who are shy about self promotion? Mm -hmm. I mean, you learned, I know you, you had some experiences early on where you had to develop a, a thick skin. Uh, and so, you know, you've probably been there and felt what they're feeling. So what do you tell them? It's not about you. It's about your mission. What is the book about? Why did you write it? Let's take you out of the equation and make it about the book and the message. And, you know, I'm not immune from this. I had this conversation last week with my business coach because I said to her, I just don't think I want to do a live book party. You know, I've got it all planned. And I was like, I just don't, I just don't think I want to do it. And she said, why? And I said, well, you know, I already did a virtual party and it's really not all about me. And then I feel kind of, you know, oh, I'm celebrating myself. And she stopped me. And she said, is it about you or can you help authors with this book? And I went, okay, yes. Now you're throwing your word, my words back at me. Yes. <laughs> so that's did it work? <laughs> yes, it did. And every time I start thinking, oh no, I remind myself, no, this is about what my book can do for others. And so let me remind you, whoever you are, if you have a book or you have an idea what can your book do to help others? Because that's really what this is about. It's not about us, the author, even though, you know, we call it author marketing. We It's really about the message that that we're sharing, that our, our goal to change the world in our small way. Yeah, and I think Zig Ziglar was the one who said, the more people that you can help get what they need, 
you'll get what you need. And that might have been uh, P.T. Barnum, but I know Zig said it too. Yeah. So um, what is one key lesson that you hope readers are going to get out of your book? That they can do it. That's that they have the power that, that you, you know, you have the strategies, you have the tools in the book and you just, you just, you can do it. That that's, I know it's very simple, but so many people throughout my life have tried to belittle and, you know, turn me in other directions and, you know, tell me that, well, that's not how we do it here, or that's not how you should do it. That's not how it's done. And it's been a really hard lesson to learn that, you know, as an entrepreneur, as an author, you get to decide. Yeah. You're in charge. So if anything, I want people to know that they have the power to make a big impact with their book. Follow the strategies. You don't have to do them all, but they will yeah. guide you in the right direction and make them your own. Yeah. And it goes back to, it's not about you. It's about, it's, it's not even about the book. It's about transformation. What transformation can you provide people and a vehicle for them to transform where they are to where they really want to be? And that goes not just for, for books, but it goes for courses and all those other things too. Uh, and as entrepreneurs, that's what lights us up. Right. It's not, a lot of us like to create, but what we like to do is we like to see that creation change lives. Mm -hmm. When people say, man, you on page, page uh, 55, you advise me not to use a, a chapter as the lead magnet. And, and I thought that was the best way to get people into my funnel. But, but, you know, I didn't do that. I went and did this other thing that you said. And that made all the difference. So going into that, why not use chapter as a lead magnet? I'll throw it back at you. Would you read the first chapter of somebody's book? No, I'd want some meat. Exactly. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's probably not your best chapter. It's probably not going to give them a quick win. And if you want them to come back, they need to have a quick win, which is why I offer, going to be meta again, to uh -huh. all your listeners, a right. free checklist. It is the ultimate book marketing checklist. It is right. downloadable. And guess what? You're going to get a quick win because you're going to have a quick checklist to go through and go, oh, I have this, I have this, oh, I need this in order to make my book a success. And then you're going to go, wait, Melanie knows what she's talking about. What else does she have? Right. Oh, she wrote a book. Oh, that's yeah. not a high ticket item. I'm going to buy that. It's in my shopping cart. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. It, it allows people to get to know you and see your expertise and know that they can trust you to get them to where they want to go. Because there's so much noise in the online space. I mean, I have to shut, I cannot even go on to Instagram for more than like five minutes a day, or I just start to get like overwhelmed. And when you think about all the messages coming at us, email, social media, just podcasts, people are always talking at us. 
there's just so much we have to digest. And I realize now, here's a fun story. I thought that I was losing my hearing. Oh. And I, cause I, it, you know, people, my children will talk to me and I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. Like, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> and, and I, I realize I read lips. So if people want to talk to me on the phone, I'm like, please don't. Um, because I won't know what you're saying. And same with Voxer. I don't know if you use Voxer for any clients, but I've I had, know what it is, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's an app where you, it's basically like a walkie talkie app. Um, if people leave voice messages and, and I had a coach once who really wanted to use Voxer and I said, I don't know, I can't use it because I'm not going to remember what you're saying. When I worked on radio, I used to have to type, this was before, you know, transcription. This was before AI really. I would have to type out my interviews with people while I was talking to them so I could see what they were saying. All that to say, went to wow. the to the audiologist. Yeah, I hear fine, but I have an auditory processing problem. Uh. So apparently that's fixable, but I don't have time. All this to say that there is so much noise <laughs> coming yeah. at us. And if you're like me, you can't process it all. But... If you can make things simple and you can make things digestible and you can show people how you can help them, and I guarantee that's not in the first chapter of your book, then they are going to come back for more. Right. And I would, I've worked with authors and have created lead machines for their first chapter. And this was, this was actually pretty, uh, a good lead machine because it also included the interview with the, um, it was an interview book where he compiled interviews with trailblazers, and uh, we actually gave downloads of the of the inter interviews, which was 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 really cool, but didn't really get any traction. He had a traffic problem too. Yeah, I, I yeah. had a feeling that might be the case. Yeah, yeah, but it's a good idea. But it's a good idea. But yeah, a checklist is fabulous, so that you can get some meat, like I said, you want to have some meat, you want to have some that's actionable, you want to have something uh, that can be consumed quickly, that shows your value, that it's, it's, they can just read it in five minutes and go, yep, I like ooh, number four is, is what I'm going to go and, and I think I'm going to start following her because she knows what she's doing. And that's really all you want. Right. And, and all that anyone is thinking about is what's in it for me. So if you are giving them something that's going to do something for them, they're going to be excited. But if you're making them read, you know, my daughter said this to me last night, and I have said this before too. The only thing you can do when you're reading a book is read the book. And she was complaining because she wanted to do other things while she was reading her book for school. But it's true. So a, a quick win a quick checklist something a quiz anything that is a, a a resource a free resource a lead magnet they can do things at the same time but if you're forcing them to sit and read an entire chapter of your book and they don't know who you are that's asking a lot we a are lot. a generation all of us whatever age we are we're up the all the same generation where we do several things at the same time all the time nobody yeah. watches tv just watching it like this there's a phone there's a computer, there's food, there's whatever. Yeah. So just remember that. That's why. Right. Okay. One of the things that you told me last time 
is you have trouble committing to titles and naming things. So how on earth did you write a book and, and arrive at this title? And how many titles did you have before you arrived at this one? So <laughs> I love this question. You know me so well. Um, <laughs> so I, it took a, it, well, I started with one title and then I was like, oh, I hate that. And then I started with another title. Oh, I hate that too. And I realized that it wasn't about me at all. And I had to figure out what the transformation yeah. of this book was going to be. And I got to tell you, when I came up with make a big impact with your book, author marketing strategies for long-term success, I went, it's not cute. It's not catchy. It's not clever, but it works. It's clear. And so Thank you. It's clear. And I stuck with it. I... It's funny that you said that you asked this question because this morning when I was trying to wake up, I kept thinking about how I always like to do things that are clever, but clever doesn't work. No, uh -uh. it doesn't work. And, and, you know, when people are like, oh, I made this cutesy name, isn't it great? I'm like, it's great, but it's not going to work. And I speak from experience with my former business where I lost business because people were offended by the name. And, oh, I want to know what the name of that thing was. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So it was a breastfeeding clothing company and I was a breastfeeding mom for three years. So I called it utterly hot mama because it was a play on words of utterly hot and mm -hmm. utterly hot. And so some people loved it and Nordstrom was totally cool selling my clothes. But then there were boutiques that were like, oh no, we're not going to touch this because people are really offended. And this was before you know, movements that are in existence now. This was, you know, 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went, the movement's going on now. It would have, never no. mind. Um, but anyway, so, so it's really important to pick something that is not clever and pick something that is clear. And clear. so it took me, you know, two and a half years to come up with a title to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But, but while you were doing it, you were writing the book. A lot oh, of yes, times, yes. a lot of times you have, you have to write something before you can really get a good title. Yeah. Um, and so once you know what the impact and the outcome, the result of the book or whatever it is you're doing, it, it, it makes it a lot easier, but you can give it a working title and say, Oh, I hate that title, <laughs> but you still can work on it. Just don't get it tattooed anywhere. Cause you, you'll regret it. No. <laughs> So um, on, on page 80, you tell a story about a client that you help with a one sheet and getting booked on podcasts. And I know that my I have a lot of podcasters in my audience. I'm a podcaster. Mm -hmm. And authors who are, are promoting their books ought to be on podcasts. Absolutely. Because it's people, podcast hosts are always looking for guests. Always, always, always. But they want to have the right guest, and they want to they want to know that there's that their audience is and the my audience and your audience are similar. That I can help your audience. So right, and not only that, they want to know that you're a real expert. And what better way to show them than to have a book? Right. So tell us that story, and and what should be what is a one sheet? Um, why should we have one? What should you include in it? Okay, so a one sheet can also be called a speaker sheet. 
And what it is, it's a pretty thing that you can make in Canva. If you're familiar with Canva, it's a oh, graphic. I love Canva. Uh, every, like, I've never met somebody that said, I hate Canva. <laughs> I don't I, know. I have some people who hate it. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they should hire somebody on Fiverr or yeah. a, a graphic designer who can do it for you. But the elements of a speaker sheet or a one sheet are really, it's it's really like your your beautiful resume to let people know what transformation that you will offer their listener. So you can say, you know, your listeners will hear, will learn X, Y, and Z. Include your biography, not, you know, 12 pages, maybe like two paragraphs, a quick thing that somebody can read when they're introducing you, kind of like you did, Paul, when you were introducing me. Yeah. Sample questions are always really helpful because, uh, you know, when somebody doesn't know you and they might not have time to write down the questions. And if you give them a, a starting point, then they can riff off those. Uh, sample topics are great because then you can offer them ideas of what the show could be about, what the title could be. And examples of podcasts you've already been on. If you haven't been on them, that's okay. Maybe you've done some speaking events. You can give those examples as well. A clear, clear, like really great photo of you, nothing blurry and uh, your contact information. And, but really what matters most is I think the pitch, what you say to somebody, hi, Paul, I would really love the opportunity to, to be a guest on the lead growth machine. I've listened to a number of your shows and I love the way you ask questions, your interviews with you know, and then you can name the guest. You could say, uh, they, they great, gave great insight. Here's why I think I could make a great addition as a guest on your podcast. And, you know, create a relationship. I think that overall, there's this, there's this, I don't know, belief system where people think that if you just throw it out there, then it's going to come back to you. We need to create relationships. You know, you can't just reach out to Paul, who's never heard of you before, and expect Paul to drop everything and bring you on as a guest. I mean, let's say you're offering to uh, the wrong kind of thing. Paul, my time. Uh, maybe Paul doesn't have guests on his show. So why are you pitching him at all? So right. you have to do your research and what if you left Paul a five-star review on the lead growth, sorry, the lead machine growth show? What if you did that? What if you left him a five-star review and you sent that and you said, look, I left you a five-star review. I would love the opportunity to be on your podcast, which by the way, I think we should all leave you five-star reviews because this is a wonderful, informative podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that was a, that was a clinic. Uh, I, I really like the pitch part uh, that makes so much sense. And there are people out there um, who are teaching the one sheet, but they, they stop there right. because, because frankly, they're, they're in the business of getting you on podcasts. So they don't, they don't want to give away everything, right? Uh, but that's it. So do you, do you think that um, podcasting and being guests on podcasts is a great way to get visibility for your book? Oh my God, I think it's a phenomenal, wonderful, amazing. How many superlatives can we use? As because many as you like. 
Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to run out eventually. Um, but yeah, because leveraging other people's audiences is vital to getting the word out yeah. about your book. And if, so I'm going to use you as another example, Paul, because you're the, you know, you're my podcaster here. So you have built a, a loyal following of people who love to listen to you and your interviews and all that stuff. So when I get to speak to them, that's a whole new audience that I get to be in front of that I wouldn't get the opportunity to if you hadn't worked really hard and built your community. So leveraging other people's audiences is brilliant. It also can turn into collaborations and strategic partnerships, which, 100%. which, which you should always be looking for, which is why you want to have that congruency of the audience, your audience. And you don't want to be on the same, you don't want to sell the same thing, but you want to, you, you want to have solve a different problem for the same audience. Mm -hmm, exactly. And, you know, when they talk about like, you know, when you think of like a, a multi-level marketing company, like there's the upline and the downline, when you're trying to think about who would be a good collaborator, it's like, let's say everybody helps uh, firefighters. I don't know why that just came to the top of my head. So it's <laughs> like, who is going to train the firefighter is somebody different than the person who clothes the firefighter versus the person who maybe makes food for the firefighter, whatever. So, and you could all collaborate because you all do different things at different at points in the firefighter process. Yeah. I don't know that that was a great example, but. Well, it's a good, and they might, they might have specific uh, nutrition requirements. Uh, they have, they have to have food that, that they can make quickly and eat and consume quickly because they're, they're on the run. You know, they, they have uh, specific uh, requirements for getting fit, staying fit and all those things. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So there you go. There's a, there's okay. a whole ecosystem of things. Thanks for that, taking that, that metaphor can, and running. Yeah, with it. there you go. <laughs> so content marketing has changed so much in the past uh, years. Oh. How do authors adapt and what platforms should they be on? Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> I know that's a, that's a loaded oh. question. Yes. So, um, what platform is your ideal reader on? That's the platform I would like you to go on to. If you hate that platform and it makes you itchy and gives you hives, then don't do it because social media should be enjoyable at least, or not like awful. Um, yeah. you can create a vibrant life and a vibrant business without social media. Um, it is not, it, I think people think, well, you just, you know, you post your book and then people buy it. I'm like, that's no, they not don't. exactly how it works. So if, so, you know, for me, for example, I love LinkedIn and I love being on LinkedIn and I love Facebook and I, and Instagram is part of Facebook. So those are the, the three that I really hang out the most on, but, you know, maybe, you know, I'm working with a cookbook author right now and Pinterest is a very important place for her to be. And she's done a phenomenal job. Oh my gosh. I, it's really hard to read her cookbook because all I want to do is eat it. Uh, and that's not professional. So, but also, you know, if you have a business that is really important to be on TikTok because you're selling to, you know, Gen Z, you got to be on TikTok. But then again, if you hate TikTok, try selling to their parents. Where are their parents? On Instagram. So you kind of have to go, it's, it's a case by case basis. And um, all that to say, you really should get good at the platform you choose because each platform has certain nuances. 
Um, you know, LinkedIn, for example, it's got LinkedIn newsletters. You should use that if LinkedIn is your place. But yeah. if you are not, if your people are not on LinkedIn, it's okay not to go on there. I give you full permission. Yeah. And just to extend that, if you have clients who are potentially on TikTok and you hate TikTok, but you have kids, teach them how to market and how they already know how to use TikTok. Give them the content and have them and have them run with it. Exactly. Or hire a VA or 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 some such thing. Because mm -hmm. because you, you got a fish in the pond where your where your fish are swimming. Yes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're getting close to the top of our time together. Do you have a, a few more minutes? Do you have a hard break here? I do. No, I have time. Okay. Good. If you could give only one piece of marketing advice to a new author, what would it be? You are your best marketer. So talk about your book and don't feel bad about it. And when you talk about it, I guess this is more than one piece of advice, but if you talk about it, <laughs> when you talk about it, don't say, I wrote a book. Tell people why they should read it. Right. And why should people read this book that you just expertly written <laughs> this one you mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh that whole thing no um <laughs> why people should read it is that if they have an idea for a book that they really want to get out in the world this is going to give them the tools and the strategies to make it possible and if they have written a book and they've given up hope that they didn't get traction and they'll ne they never will again this book will hopefully reignite the fire and give them the tools and strategies to say, you know what? I can get, I can get traction for this book. Even if it came out a year ago, it's okay. Cause books don't fall off a cliff. They still exist. Right. And you can always relaunch your book. If, Absolutely. if, you've, if you've got one, relaunch it, yeah. add a few pages. Yeah. Change the cover. And make sure in the book, in the book, there's places that people can get additional resources like your checklist, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm guessing that's in the book too, right? It is. It's in the book. And I also have a whole a whole extra section for people who have purchased the book to go and get, you know, extra gushy, yummy, great things that they can, you know, enhance their marketing. Yeah. And, and did you start a community around it also? Or is that just part of your launch team? Or how did that work? So my community is my community. They're all amazing, you know, yeah. authors and soon to be authors. So I didn't create a whole thing around it, but you certainly can. That's a beautiful way to create excitement around a book. And, you know, I think that if it were more of a movement type thing, then yeah. that would be, you know, great. Like everybody who's, what's a good example of uh, Miracle Morning, Hal right, Elrod's I, I, Miracle Morning. Right. Or I was going to say um, Lady Gaga and her yeah. and her people, yeah. <laughs> whatever the movement is, you know, definitely create a community around that. Give people a name. People love to belong. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have names for your people? No, no, no. I again, it would be too. It'd be too much commitment to name it. <laughs> You walked right into that one. <laughs> I did. But like, I guess, you know, Swifties, Taylor Swift Swifties, yeah. that that makes sense. But um, I don't know. I think somebody else would have to name to name it. Yeah, I think so. A, yeah. a fan club. 
fan club. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely reach out to, uh, to Melanie and, uh, get her book. It's on Amazon. It's probably where all bookstores use your local bookstore and wherever books are sold. I, I, I'm guessing. Definitely. It's Amazon, Barnes and Noble this is all online, but if you'd like it to be in your local bookstore, just ask for it and they can easily bring it to you. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you again on the show. Thank you so much. We, we had to reschedule, uh, and I'm glad that, uh, that, that we were able to do it quickly. Um, as we wrap up with your final words, Melanie, what are three things that our listeners can do today to put these ideas into action? Uh, okay. Number one <laughs> is make a list. Make a list of, of what you remember, the thing that stuck out to you today, your biggest takeaway. Number two, think of a way that you can implement that and put it in your calendar so that you actually have it there. And then number uh -huh. three is to... Dream a little bit, dream around it. You know, think about what would be the best, the, the best possible uh, outcome and then do it. Like that. Great. And uh, you can pick up Melanie's uh, ultimate book marketing checklist at vipbookmarketing.com forward slash checklist. That's vipbookmarketing.com forward slash checklist. Is that right? That's right. Okay. And so remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon and Melanie Hirshhorn. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.